It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's five days a week, y'all. Your team every day. That's our motto right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check us out wherever you're currently listening to this podcast right now. Be sure to rate, review, and then subscribe so you never, never, ever, ever miss a single edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Why, you ask? Because on Fridays, unless it's a holiday or the Panthers hire a head coach like they did last week with Frank Reich, I'm right here answering all the questions that you have for your Carolina Panthers Unless it's a draft question, I am once again begging you guys to stop asking draft questions in February. Let's figure out who the coaches are. Let's then figure out free agency. And then there'll be like six weeks of non-stop draft coverage right here on Locked on Panthers. You can ask me my DMs. It's probably not going to come on the show. I will be nice enough most times. And let's not say nice enough because I appreciate you guys willing to ask me these questions, participate weekly on the mailbag. But I will answer your question eventually on Twitter, at Julian Council, where you can DM me or at me to participate next week on the weekly Friday mailbag. Just don't expect your draft question to get answered on the show. It might be answered in your DMs, which I think is kind of all that matters anyway, as long as the question gets answered because you're asking it and you want your question to be answered. So there we are here on Locked on Panthers. Uh, today's episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. All right, let's get into it. Frank Reich, he is the new head coach here in Carolina. He is talking to offensive coordinator candidates and defensive coordinator candidates and trying to figure out what his staff is going to look like. And plenty of you have questions about that. I also have questions about free agency and uniforms. Should the Panthers change them? Someone asked that question. So we'll talk about that right now here on the show, starting off with expectations for Frank Reich. And I talked about this on yesterday's show. With the retirement of Tom Brady, the Carolina Panthers need to position themselves to be the top team in the NFC South for the foreseeable future, and I think they can do it. Kevin asks, what do we consider to be the baseline uh, for Frank Reich's first season to be deemed a success? How heavily does that line depend on the quarterback we end up with? And Tanner asked a similar question about the quarterback, saying, how much of Frank Reich's preseason fan momentum will be swayed by who he chooses at quarterback? Um, A ton is going to hinge upon who the quarterback is. And there are going to be Panther fans who right now are diehard Bryce Young fans and want the Panthers to trade up number one and get Bryce Young. There are also Panther fans who want the Panthers to trade up number one and to get C.J. Stroud or to trade up to wherever they're going to get to to get C.J. Stroud. There's going to be Panther fans who want Will Levis. There's going to be Panther fans who want Hendon Hooker, who want Tanner McKee, I guess, and Anthony Richardson. 
So at the end of the day, like with Frank Reich, not everyone's going to be on board immediately. Eventually, I think they'll get there, especially if that quarterback plays well. Because the thing that can bring us all together is the Carolina Panthers winning. And we have been ripped apart for the last five years. And boy, do we need to be duct taped back together as a collective, as a Panthers nation, and happy watching a good football team. So I do think a lot of it's going to hinge upon whether he gets a quarterback who people really believe in. If it's Anthony Richardson, I have a hard time seeing that he's going to be starting this year. So then the Panthers are then throwing out Jacoby Brissett, maybe, or Sam Darnold or some other stopgap veteran until that rookie quarterback is ready. But if it's C.J. Stroud or if it's Bryce Young and probably even Levis, Panther fans are going to be hype and thinking, okay, we got the coach. We got the offensive line. We got a good defense. We can rock with this rookie. And the division is trash. Yeah, I think people are going to be excited. Now, as far as baseline for success, I think he's got to be a playoff team this year, man. I really do. I don't see why they can't be. When you look at the circumstance of having Matt Rule as your head coach, Baker being a massive flop, winning games with P.J. Walker and Sam Darnold, and then playing a meaningful game in Week 17 where if you won that at Tampa then followed up with a win against New Orleans, which I know they did, but who knows in that reality if they still do it, the Carolina Panthers win the division. So if you're that close to winning the division and go 7-10 and 10 with Steve Wilkes and this ragtag bunch on offense and all the injuries that they had, and that's not to sit here and say that Steve Wilkes was a good coach. He did a great job, as I mentioned multiple times. But looking at the circumstances they took over and the fact that they were right there on the precipice of being a playoff team, why would you not expect the same thing at the very least, but really more out of Frank Reich, knowing that these guys are a year older, a year more experienced, and should get better via the draft and free agency over the next couple of months? Baseline for me is be a playoff team. You don't have to win a division. I think they need to win the division because I want a home playoff game, but you need to be a playoff team. And the best way to do that is by winning the division, and the best way to advance is by winning division and having home playoff games. So for me, for year one to be deemed a success, be a playoff team, and have that quarterback, likely a rookie, show you enough to think that, damn it, we got something here in Carolina. All right, now over to Russell, because there's questions going on about who's going to be on Frank Reich's staff. Um, Russell's asking, which OC slash DC hires would you ha- would have you the most excited? Which would have you the most worried? As far as OC goes, there's three names that I'm kind of looking at. Brian Johnson, who is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback coach. Kevin Petulo, who worked for two years under Frank Reich there in Indianapolis as their wide receiver coach. He's currently the passing game coordinator in Philadelphia. I watched a really good film session that he did, a breakdown on uh, the Eagles.com. So go look it up. Just look up his name, Kevin Petulo, P-A-T-U-L-L-O, in Philadelphia, and you'll be able to find that on the Eagles website. And then there's Jim Bob Cooter. Those are the three names I'm kind of looking at right now as um, candidates for the Panthers' OC job. Now that dude's like Mike LaFleur off the table. I mean, Bill O'Brien was never really a guy that we wanted anyway, but he's gone. So those are kind of the three names I'm kind of looking at. And two of them with the Eagles. Got to wait till after the Super Bowl to find out whether they're going to come here to Carolina or not. Now, with Jim Bob Cooter, Outside from his name being absolutely absurd, he did a pretty good job in Detroit. I was reading NFL.com, and they did kind of a breakdown after he got fired by Matt Patricia, who was the coach I couldn't remember his name yesterday. I had wrote about um, Jim Bob Cooter saying that Matthew Stafford experienced a mini renaissance 
with Cooter calling the shots. Uh, from 2015 to 18, the Lions quarterback completed 66% of his passes. He had never been above 63.5% uh, of his passes. His passer rating hovered around the 90s. And despite a drop-off in passing yards, uh, Stafford also cut down on his turnovers. And the success did not translate once Patricia came, as the Lions went from being the number 13 offense, number 24 offense in that year of Matt Patricia first getting there in Detroit. No surprise, Matt Patricia, terrible in Detroit as a head coach, terrible as a play caller here in New England, where apparently Bill Belichick was also shadow play caller up there in New England. Now, there's a little bit more of a breakdown of Jim Bob Cooter. Um, the three years where he was the OC, um, scoring offense, 20th, um, total yardage, 21st, passing offense, 11th, rushing offense, 30th, that in 2016. In 2017, scoring offense improved the 7th, Total yardage, 13th. Passing offense, 6th. Rushing offense, 32nd. 2018, scoring offense, 25th. Total yardage, 24th. Passing offense, 20th. And rushing offense, 23rd. So 2017 was the best year as far as scoring offense in the top 10. Uh, top 15 total yardage. Top 10 passing. The rushing offense is really the concern. If you look at that period of time, Detroit never really had a running back. The Panthers have a solid offensive line. They have a good running game. We'll see if Deontay Foreman comes back. I'm not overly concerned about that. And look at the offense that they have in Philadelphia that Nick Sirianni is running. He learned that from Frank Reich. I am not concerned, especially when you look at Frank Reich's teams in Indy, especially when they had Jonathan Taylor of this team finding a way to run the football under Jim Bob Cooter, but kind of a mixed bag there. But also consider it's Detroit. I think that he would be a fine option but I would prefer like Brian Johnson and Kevin Petula. As far as like nightmare options, um, the dude who currently is the OC right now and Ben McAdoo would be one of them. And then I guess, I don't know, like Jason Garrett leaving NBC to come back and be an OC. I'm good there. Uh, DC's Vic Fangio officially out the board. Report came out last Sunday that he was going to go to Miami. Then he talked to Mike Kliss there in Denver saying, hold on, wait a minute. I got to see what else is out there. Didn't go to San Francisco for whatever reason, so hopefully Steve Wilkes gets that job. He's going to actually go to Miami. Um, Gus Bradley is someone that Frank Reich hired. He's only his first year there in Indianapolis. He's under contract. We'll see what the new coach wants to do, but that's a name. Brian Flores, we haven't really talked a lot about him. He's interviewed, I believe, in Cleveland where Jim Schwartz got that job, and Jim Schwartz would have been someone who I absolutely would have said come here as he was the coordinator opposite of Frank Reich during that 2017 Super Bowl season in Philadelphia, so he's not off the board, but uh, Brian Flores, yeah, come on down. Um, the lawsuit, maybe that might hurt, if especially if David Tepper's name gets added to it in the way that the attorney, especially Steve Wilkes, was talking about a week ago when Wilkes did not get the job. feels like maybe the Panthers and Tepper might be added. I don't know. Uh, Chris Richard was just fired, I guess, in New Orleans, although looking um, at Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints timeline and even our conversation um, with uh, – Jeff Duncan a week ago, that felt like a natural split. The other co-DC took the Falcons defensive coordinator job, and it looks like overall they want to overhaul the defense there as Dennis Allen's the head coach in New Orleans, and he was the defensive coordinator before taking over as the head coach once Sean Payton uh, retired. We'll put that in quotes. So Chris Richard, someone who I'd still be interested in. Marquand Manuel, someone who's also interesting. And then here's kind of a name I haven't really seen thrown out a lot on the NFL level. How about Jim Leonard? Jim Leonard was a defensive coordinator with the Wisconsin Badgers the last couple of years, and he took over as the interim coach when Paul Chris got fired. Didn't do enough to get the job. They hired Luke Fickle instead. He's not staying on as D.C. as obviously he wouldn't want to do that kind of same case as Wilkes. He didn't do as good of a job as Wilkes, but that's his alma mater. 
and he would he stayed there and didn't take the Packers DC job a couple years ago, might he be interested in coming here to Carolina? Because they can certainly pay him as much as he wants. So I'm wondering if that's a name to look out for. Played a long time in the NFL as a safety, been a really good defensive coordinator in college. That's a name that I have been a little bit surprised has not been mentioned at all during the uh, NFL like coordinator search here in 2023. So would love Bradley, Flores, Richard, Leonard. I mean, Manuel, I guess like. I don't think they're going to get that position wrong, that that coaching um, higher wrong, especially when you look at the guys they have on that side of the ball to work with. Um, Carolyn now, who asks, of the OC candidates available, is Brian Johnson the best fit based on what Reich has hinted so far? My understanding was that Johnson split some of the play-calling duties in 2020 with Mullen at Florida, and of course the Gator offense was insane that year. Uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, um, Kyle Trask, who looked awesome that year. Um, I think they had Van Jefferson might have still been there maybe Freddie Swain, like that was a really good offense. And they took Bama to the brink after an embarrassing loss in the swamp against LSU, that LSU team, like when they were like reeling, um, when Jamar Chase decided to opt out, uh, going back to what Carolyn has to say, um, he's proven he can develop a young quarterback too. Could he be, op- be an optimal pairing? I think he could be. He's one of those names that everyone in the league's talking about. Every team out there that wants an OC is talking about, Hey, we want to talk to Brian Johnson. The problem is we got to wait until after the Super Bowl, and the Panthers should wait. They got to wait for Patulo too, who might work out well with Frank Reich. I absolutely think that could be a great situation. Don't know whether he's going to call the plays or not. He's certainly not going to be calling them in Philly because it looks like Shane Steichen's going to keep that job. Um, maybe Shane Steichen finds a way to get the Cardinals job, which I don't know if he's interviewing for. And I don't think he's in on the Colts job. Looks like he's going back to Philadelphia. I think it'll work out if Brian Johnson comes here. He doesn't have ties to Frank Reich outside of being on Sirianni's staff and a bunch of former Colts staffers there with the Eagles. So I don't know like how tight they are. If tight at all is even the, like the word to even use. So it could be a match made in heaven, but we'll have to see uh, how that works out here. Carolyn's so I'm not against it. I'm absolutely like for him being um, one of the top guys, as I mentioned him or Kevin Petulo, those seem like two guys that could be uh, good hires for Frank Reich here in Carolina as up and coming offensive minds. That could be the OC might not call the plays right away, but I uh, but can, can can work alongside Frank Reich. All right, uh, let's take a quick pause here. Come back, and I'm going to answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers once again is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. Hey, Frank Reich. We're talking it to you, buddy. Um, that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. At LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs and targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job posts, company, and their 875 million member profiles, including your boys, to put your posts in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy either way join keith sanchez and damian parson for mock draft monday on the locked on nfl draft podcast 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get right back into it. The weekly Friday mailbag, Locked On Panthers, at me, DM me, over on Twitter, at Julian Council. It's right there in the screen, and you guys who've asked questions already know uh, my Twitter handle, at Julian Council. Go ahead, get them in for next week. Over to Jared. Looking at the gaps in the roster, I was going to make a Jared joke, like the the jewelry place, but I decided not to. That's why I had that short pause, which kind of sounded awkward, Um, but back into it. Uh, Jared, looking at the gaps in the roster, who would be your key targets during free agency? One of the most exciting times of recent years. Hmm. Um, Assuming our key free agent targets are tight end, cornerback, defensive end, wide receiver. Let's first start off with tight end. Where the Panthers, I don't think they wait till the draft to get one. They got to get a pass catching tight end, and the tight end market is excellent, in my opinion. Dalton Schultz was great with Dallas, had a good year bouncing back off of injury that he suffered in 2021. Evan Ingram had the best year of his career down there in Jacksonville. Don't see why the Jags want to let him go, especially knowing that that Doug Peterson offense, which is also the Andy Reid offense, always utilizes a tight end. And Frank Reich's going to want to utilize one as well. Now, one guy to look at, too. Eric Ebron, who Frank Reich mentioned on WFNZ here locally in Charlotte, that he's already spoken to. And Ebron's been out there basically having his resume out on Twitter being like, hey, bring me home, bring me home, bring me home. I want to come home. With Frank Reich and him having a relationship, would not be surprised if Ebron is at least a camp invite, and we'll see if he's on the roster. I I would guess that he probably would be uh, the former top 10 pick out of North Carolina. Um, Hayden Hurst. Former South Carolina Gamecock. He's been in Baltimore. He's been in Atlanta. He was in Cincinnati this year. Um, was good. And is still good. A little bit older. I mean, he's like the same age as me, which so, I hate saying. I'm about to turn 30. I keep saying, like, oh, these guys are a little older. But, hey, football-wise, uh, yeah. But um, Hayden Hurst would be a good move. Mike Kosicki, who does not seem to be um, a focal point in that offense out of Miami anymore now that they have Tyreek Hill, which, hey, it's Tyreek Hill. And also Jalen Waddell. Maybe he's someone who they could target. But those four guys, and I would throw in Ebron as well, I would be totally fine with any of them. And maybe not really throwing Ebron in that category, but the four, Schultz, Ingram, Hurst, Kasicki, come on down. As far as cornerback goes, like the top market for cornerbacks is going to be James Bradbury. Uh, he's going to want to be a number one, and I don't see how that's going to work out here. Maybe Philadelphia is able to like franchise him and keep him. I've seen all the draft people say that they're likely just going to take a guy in the first round, which makes sense um, as far as cap-wise and just money-wise. Jamel Dean down in Tampa, he's been someone who's going to be available, but again, he's going to want to be a starter. Cam Sutton in Pittsburgh, same kind of case. Byron Murphy out in Arizona is a free agent. Now, Rock Yashin, Yashin actually, he um, was in Indianapolis, then went to the Raiders. He might be the name to look at. I don't know if he comes in – and it's expecting to start be a starter because you already have J.C. Horn. You're going to have Dante Jackson again um, this upcoming season. But it would be nice to get a veteran who can come in and can be that third corner because C.J. Henderson ain't it. Keith Taylor so far ain't it either. They got to get somebody, and they got to get somebody like relatively cheap. Don't think they can afford Bradbury. I saw Jamel Dean. They're probably looking at like a 15-year, $15 million deal, something like that, or 12, 15. Can't do that. He's not great against the run. But he does get sacks, had nine this year, 
Arden Key is a free agent. Melvin Ingram, someone we talked about last year. He's still out there doing his thing. Maybe he might be available. And then we talk about Jadeveon Clowney all the time. The dude had a grand total of two sacks this year, but he's from Rock Hill and went to South Carolina. So we're always going to talk about Jadeveon Clowney potentially coming here to Carolina. He had nine sacks back in 2021, and the year before that had a goose egg with the Tennessee Titans. Real across the board. Never really lived up to that number one overall pick billing uh, out of South Carolina, but he's still – a solid piece to have and someone who's an athletic freak that team's got to pay attention to. So I would not mind Clowney and maybe you get him for a decent deal, but maybe not. And then wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be one of the top guys out there. I don't see that. Juju's going to be out there. DJ Chark does make sense because the Panthers need someone who can stretch the field. And DJ Chark has done that in his career in Detroit and in Jacksonville. That's someone who I think they can Panthers can get a decent deal with, and he's a veteran, and I think he can fill that role while the Panthers could also, I think, makes more sense to get someone via the draft. Uh, all right, now to Mark. Hey, JC, a little cap space food for thought. Same question in regard to both Elfline and Shaq. Cap savings for cutting Pat is $4.26 million. Can the Panthers find a better backup center for less than that amount? If so, who? If not, keep him or extend him to even out the money. Uh, and then he says, cutting Shaq saves $13.16 million. Can the Panthers find a better linebacker for less than that? If so, who? If not, should they keep him and probably not that salary? Or should they extend him to spread out the money? Yeah, it's $24 million cap hit this year for Shaq Thompson. And you just do not want to spend that much of your salary cap on an off-ball linebacker, and especially if it's Shaq Thompson. Like, it just doesn't make any sense for the Carolina Panthers. His cap hit is only lower um, than Taylor Bowden and DJ Morris, and those two guys play much more important positions on the football field than Shaq Thompson. Shaq had a great year. I would love for him to stay. I think if Steve Wilkes is the head coach, it would be a no-brainer that Shaq would be staying. The problem would be, though, he ain't going to stay with the contract that he has. And the Panthers have cap space, cap space next year. We can't keep kicking that can down the road. They've done it back-to-back years with Shaq Thompson. He's gotten more than enough money, and I'm not trying to be in his man's pocket, which I guess I just did, but I know Shaq's gotten that money up front. That's hurt the Carolina Panthers now as far as cap positioning at this moment in time, and they were above it by about $9 million, and they can easily, with one move, get below it by $4 million by cutting Shaq. Not to say that Shaq can't come back on a reduced deal. Maybe follow Steve Wilkes elsewhere, but I think they should, they're probably going to do it. And they can go out there and try and get guys like David Long had a great year in Nashville with the Tennessee Titans and then Tremaine Edmonds, who's from Danville, not too far away from here. Been up in Buffalo for a couple of years. We know there's always been that Carolina to Buffalo and Buffalo to Carolina pipeline. Maybe he can come down here and he's a tremendous player. Can't see Buffalo wanting to let him go. Um, maybe the Panthers can get him. It would cost a lot. So, yeah, I think Shaq probably gets gets cut. Guys like Damian Wilson are going to get cut. Corey Littleton's a free agent, so he's gone. And Brandon Smith didn't see much of him at all to really know what you have at linebacker outside of Frankie Louvu. So it feels like the Panthers can't really afford to cut him. But cap-wise, it seems like they need to cut him. And as far as Pat Elfline goes, he's not going to be a starter this upcoming season. Even if Corbett's not ready to go, Cade Mays seems like someone that you would rather have there at right guard than Pat Elfline. We saw what it looked like in 2021 when Elfline was a starting guard. He's much better at center, but he's a lot lighter in the ass than Bradley Bozeman. And Bozeman wants to be back here, and the Panthers want Bozeman back. He's considered their priority in free agency. He's not going to start at center. I don't see him starting on the on the offensive line at guard, and you can save $4.26 million by cutting him. I don't think you get a better backup center. By getting rid of Pat Elfline, I'm in favor of keeping Pat Elfline because 
it does give you depth on the offensive line, which is so important. We saw it play out this year when they lost Elfline. They brought in Bozeman, who turned out to be better. So I don't know if they get a backup, better backup center. They definitely don't extend him. All right, over to Michael now. Even though he hasn't had a good quarterback around him, do you see DJ Moore as a legit wide receiver one? I see other guys like Debo, Terry McLaurin, Chris Olave, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and they don't have stellar quarterbacks around them, but are able to establish themselves as some of the top receivers in the league. Do you think DJ Moore is that guy, or should we look at bringing another wide receiver one in? Um, I think DJ is good enough. Like, is he better than Debo? No. And Debo also gets used differently, and he has Kyle Shanahan as his freaking um, – play caller man uh terry mclaurin he's looked great uh olave is not a wide receiver one first off i'm on ross st brown jared goff had a great year i don't i think dj's better than Amara st brown who looked good this year are we thinking is dj as good as like the real wide receiver number ones we're talking about in the league like is he as good as Ty- tyree kill no is he as good as Devontae adams no so like he's not he's not one of the top five dudes in the NFL, but he's still a really good player. You got to get another veteran opposite of him that can actually extend the field and get down there vertically and be reliable. Like what you need is someone like what Robbie Anderson provided in 2020. That's what they need. And then of course for Terrace Marshall to come along, and then maybe Shy Smith be that number four guy. They got to get another experienced wide receiver or find someone in the draft who can come out immediately and be a playmaker. So I think DJ Moore is great um, for what Carolina needs, but he ain't Stephon Diggs. He, he ain't one of them guys. And he's overcome bad quarterback play. So you wonder, maybe he is one of those dudes if he gets a quarterback. But right now, we don't know. All right, let's take another quick pause here on the show, and I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Lockdown Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at TurboTax. It is tax season, y'all, so go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes. A lullaby. Hope not taxes. Sleeps through the night. Grab a saddle and ride not taxes into the sunset with TurboTax. An expert will do your taxes from start to finish, ensuring your taxes are done right. Guaranteed so you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit TurboTax. Full service products only. Video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, only a few more questions here on this weekly Friday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. At me or DM me uh, if you want to be a part of the mailbag next week. Don't ask me a question about the draft because very likely it will not be a part of the weekly Friday mailbag as we are still trying to figure out who the coordinator is going to be, who else is going to join the coaching staff and in free agency, and then we'll get to the draft in April. But right now, let's focus on the things that are actually happening 
with the Carolina Panthers. But if you do ask me a draft question, more than likely I'll probably answer it at some point in time uh, via my DMs at Julian Council. But don't get crazy. Over the rod now, who says, what are your thoughts on the team's ed- edge rushers not named Brian Burns and their development? It would be exciting to see Amari Barno improve his technique, pack on another 10 to 15 pounds and get more reps. Yes, it would. Also, do you see Frankie Louvu becoming a full-time edge rusher? Hopefully the Panthers can improve sack production internally or through free agency vice or via using the number nine pick. Um, okay, so let's just be honest. We knew going into the year that Brian Burns was basically all the Carolina Panthers had as far as a consistent edge rusher and someone that concerns offensive coordinators and offenses in the NFL. Like he keeps people up at night trying to figure out how to stop him. And he showed that this year having career high 20 or 12 and a half sacks. Now it would have been nice. He had 20 and a half, but he had 12 and a half sacks and becoming a pro bowler for the second year in a row and setting himself up for a massive payday this off season, which I think Scott Federer will get done in the same manner. They got DJ Moore's deal done last year after they exercised his fifth year option the year prior. That's going to happen, I think, for Brian Burns, and he absolutely deserves every single penny he gets here in Carolina. But his friends? Not that great. Now, later on in the season, when Carolina really came along offensively and then defensively started wreaking havoc, you got guys like Haynes and Luvu who provided that. But outside of that, they didn't get much help. And now, Frankie Luvu, first time as a full-time starter, had seven sacks. I'm never going to think that he's going to be considered an edge rusher. He's just going to be an off-ball linebacker who will then have the opportunity in certain uh, situations to rush the quarterback, and he did a good job of that with seven sacks this year. I don't know if that's something we can rely on moving forward. It also depends on the defensive scheme and how the defensive coordinator rates him moving forward. Now, Marquise Haynes had a career-high five sacks after last year having seven combined, and he gave me – not me, but he had the Panthers basically everything I expected out of him. My only issue was it took him too long to finally record a sack. It wasn't until that Thursday night football game. I think it was week 10 or 11 against the Falcons. They need more consistency out of him. But again, situational pass rusher, five sacks, career high. You got to be happy about that. Barno as a rookie had two sacks, um, didn't get that many reps. And yes, if he adds more pounds, he's already very fast. Maybe he can be kind of a better version of Haynes. And who well Haynes is a much better player than in college at Ole Miss, uh, but we'll see. And then Gross Matos, two and a half sacks this year, only has eight and a half through his career through three years. I just don't know if he's ever going to be that guy. So the Panthers again need an edge rusher this year, whether it's through the draft. I don't think it's going to be a pick nine, or it's free agency. They got to find somebody who can give them something. Now, if you look at Luvu and Haynes, they did combine go out there and outproduce what Hassan Reddick did in 2021. Reddick had 11 sacks in his lone year in Carolina, but by no means are those guys Hassan Reddick who had 16 sacks during the regular season and so far three and a half in the playoffs, including the sack that sent the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Because once he sacked Brock Purdy and forced that fumble and tore his UCL, it was over for the 49ers. So right there, Hassan Reddick single-handedly put Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, and we talked about this earlier in the week. People were like, oh, my God, like, why did we not bring that guy back? He's from Camden, New Jersey, which is across the river from Philadelphia. It's basically like being from Rock Hill. So it's like Jadavion Clowney coming here, and he could have stayed wherever he wanted, but he decided to go back home. That's the exact kind of situation with Hassan Reddick. Also, the Eagles were coming off a playoff appearance. He grew up an Eagles fan, a better football team. They gave him the money. 
The Panthers didn't really have the money to give him. Everyone should not be – they should be happy for Hassan Reddick, not sitting here lamenting over him not being in Carolina when he went to go back and play for his hometown team. Oh, my God. Who could imagine someone wanted to do that? Uh, all right, now over to Alex, who's asked me, are there any veteran quarterbacks available or that may come available that you become available that you wouldn't hate the Panthers going for? Well, I guess Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, and I hate bringing up Lamar because I just I'm so tired of people who ask me about Lamar Jackson because I don't see why the Ravens would let him go. Because what are they going to do? What is Baltimore going to do about Lamar? I think he's going to be a Raven. I, I'm not too concerned about Lamar Jackson not playing in Baltimore next season. But if he's available, then yeah, I'll take Lamar Jackson here in Carolina. Duh, he's a former MVP. Aaron Rod- and he's young still, and he's had injury problems. But I'll take Lamar. I'll live with it. Yeah, I get a backup, but I'll take Lamar. Aaron Rodgers, I don't love Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is also a former MVP Super Bowl winner. So, yeah, you can talk me into either one of those dudes. Now, realistically, I think what you're actually asking me is, um, who are those middle-tier guys would you actually take in Carolina? Like Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, would you take one of those guys? Um, I would prefer not to. I guess I'd take Derek Carr because we know Jimmy G can't make it through a full season, and Derek Carr hasn't been bad. I know the Raiders blew a lot of leads, but the defense was trash this year. Oh, yeah, and they're coached by Josh McDaniels. Y'all know how I feel about him. And kind of in the same level, I talk about Daniel Jones. He's from Charlotte, really played well this year. He adds an element of the run game. I think he can be a solid passer, and he's still young. And with Frank Reich, maybe he can unlock even more because Dable did a great job with him this past season up in New York. And maybe he's not the guy. But as far as, like, a marketing standpoint, I think people would embrace that homecoming uh, here in Carolina. So I would take Daniel Jones probably before either one of those guys. I don't see the Giants letting him go. And then there's the next tier of stopgap, bridges, maybe high-level backups, like a Mike White, who, had he not get injured at the end of the season, might have been the Jets guy moving forward. Uh, Sam Darnold, maybe, can bring him back. Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, who has a relationship with Frank Reich. I could be fine with those guys, but I need a first-round rookie to be here on this roster to truly be okay with that. Now, if it's Lamar or Aaron, different story. If it's any of the other seven dudes I talked about, I got to have a rookie. Okay, over to Kyle now, who um, has a question about the draft compensation the Panthers got from San Francisco, the CMC trade, saying, I've seen in multiple places that people are referring to the CMC trade as a win-win. Since the 49ers are winning so many games, our picks from them are basically going to be go from being a second, third, and fourth to a third, fourth, and fifth. Is it really a win-win? Well, actually, Kyle, if your pick is in the second round, it's a second-round pick. <laughs> and if your pick is in the third round, it's a third-round pick. And in the fourth round, it's a fourth-round pick. I understand what you're saying, that if it's a late second-rounder, it feels like a third-rounder, but it's still in the second round. So the picks that they're getting from the 49ers are the 62nd overall in the second round, the uh, 94th overall, which is in the third round, and the 133rd overall, which is in the fourth round. They have ammunition. It's a win-win because Christian McCaffrey got to leave this dreck and actually go play a playoff game. He quadrupled the amount of playoff games he's played in his career by playing in San Francisco this season. Had played one in his very first season as the Carolina Panther in 2017 and then played three this year. So, yeah, I think it worked out for Christian because – he gets to play for an actual organization that wins football games. And not to say Carolina can't do it in the future, but he has one now and he has the best play car in the NFL. 
in Kyle Shanahan, and he lives in – well, I hate San Francisco, so never mind. I went there. That place sucks. Um, no offense to anyone who lives out there, but it's very cold. It should not be 50 degrees in July. And it was Mark Twain who said the coldest uh, winter I spent was a summer in San Francisco. Yeah, that was hell. And then for Carolina, getting those draft picks are the ammunition that they need to potentially trade up to get their quarterback. So if they do use some of that competition to get their quarterback – then, yes, it would be a win-win for both CMC and for Carolina because CMC gets to go win and live in California, and the Panthers get their quarterback. So, yeah, I think it is a win-win, potentially. Still got to wait. Um, now, Bradley asked, hey, Julian, no point in draft talk yet. Thank you, Bradley. Um, but I do think it's time to update the uniforms. Uh, They're seriously dated, and the all-black at the Falcons game was on point. Thoughts? Thanks. I thought one thing that David Tepper would do when he got here, outside of drinking beers at the Roaring Riot, sorry, crushing beers with the boys and uh, putting the logo at midfield, which is immaterial to winning games, as we've seen, I thought that maybe he might reevaluate the uniforms and change them. I'm totally fine with him. I know people love to do the kind of concepts of uniforms on Twitter, and I've seen some that are, like, absolutely terrible. Actually, most of them see it have been absolutely terrible, and no offense if you've been one of those people that put them out there. I don't have much of an appetite to change the uniforms because it's like you've been so used to watching them for 28 seasons, so maybe you don't have to change them, but they do change them. I'm sure they'll do just fine. Like the Titans, I was there in Tennessee when they changed their uniforms, and it took a while to get used to them, but once you did, it was like, okay, cool. And I'm sure the same thing will be here in Carolina. So, yeah, maybe they change the uniforms. Do I care? No, not really. But thanks for the question either way, Bradley. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all, be sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to check us out wherever you are currently listening to the pod. Rate, review, subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where... You could be lucky as long as you don't ask the draft question and and have your weekly Friday mailbag question answered next week on the show, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to get that question answered on the show. And if you ask the draft question, I'm probably going to answer it anyway um, via the DMs. But right now, focusing on coaching stuff and free agency and maybe other questions, but not so much of, hey, should the Panthers trade Brian Burns and number nine pick to get to number one overall? I don't know if they should do that. I would probably say no. Um, and I also don't know who they're going to draft because we haven't even had the combine yet and we have not played out free agency. So hard to answer any of those questions, but send them in at me, DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. Of course, follow first. But it is the weekend. I'm headed down to Chucktown, so I'll be back later on. Got to work on Sunday. Got the Clash at the Coliseum. Check out the broadcast, MRN. I don't know if I'm supposed to plug that or not, but whatever. Um, but either way, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding it on Monday. Stephen Holder. Um, ESPN.com covers the Indianapolis Colts. Going to talk to him about what went wrong in Indianapolis with Frank Reich and also what kind of coach the Panthers are getting in Frank Reich and if he truly is a quarterback whisperer. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.